The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. You are welcome to join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Rev. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, from time to time, you and I just like to talk on the program. We're going to do that here today. Well, I always enjoy our time together as we discuss subjects and topics that are relevant and important to people of faith living with cancer. In some cases, we don't have a lot of time, Wayne, to talk when we're doing interviews, but today we do. We're going to cover some basics today, aren't we? Uh, The truth about cancer. Yeah, uh, Cancer 101, if you will. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about giving people some insight to that disease and some some pertinent elements to understand as they enter into that discussion. You know, it's hard to encounter anyone these days who's not uh, touched in some way or another by cancer, whether it's a loved one or a friend or uh, we ourselves, you know, who are diagnosed with cancer. Well, we all potentially, as we know, and we've quoted the numbers often, we will continue to do so according to the American Cancer Society. Uh, One out of three people potentially uh, will be diagnosed with cancer within their lifetime. Uh, So again, this is not far from any one of us potentially at our local homes and in our local churches. So we want to continue to give good information that allows us to have good conversation and to be able to respond accordingly and not be caught off guard. We'll talk more about how cancer is pervasive. And we'll talk about some other basics about cancer here today on the program with Percy McRae. Our resource we're offering is really a summary of our conversation today. We call it Cancer 101. That's right, Wayne. Our listeners will want to download this resource. This document will provide clear and specific information about cancer so that they can be better equipped and informed to make good decisions. Cancer Treatment Centers of America has hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa. And they take an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain a quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific need. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have by calling toll-free 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Percy, before we get into the basics of cancer, let's talk about Scripture for a moment. Yes, sir. Our spiritual nugget for today is found in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and it basically tells us in verse 23, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Mm. This text is expressing the potential power of hope and how hope in God's faithfulness may be a powerful resource of aid to us. Yeah, in many cases, cancer is a treatable disease that cannot cancel one's faith and hope. 
I want to put it into this context, Wayne. More people are surviving cancer today than ever before, but not everyone wins the cancer battle. When we talk about God's faithfulness, some may say, but what about those individuals who died as a result of cancer while believing in God? What we're actually saying is regardless of the outcome, Cancer does not cancel the faithfulness of God no. nor diminish the hope that lived within those individuals. There you go. Okay. And that's an important distinction to be made. There's something to be said. And, of course, we know that there are hundreds and, and thousands of people who also are surviving cancer because of their faith and in conjunction with good medicine and science uh, that uh, who have survived that battle. Uh, but it's all about the hopefulness of God that keeps us and motivates us and creates stamina and energy. There's something to be to be said about dying in the hope of God Amen. with the hopefulness of God still working within our being. In fact, Wayne, the scripture tells us in the book of Revelations that blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, for they will rest from their labor. Right. Well, one more thing to say before we get into uh, some of the uh, statistics we want to talk about in a moment, and that is that anything we say today is not meant to uh, be clinical medical advice in any sense of the word. Absolutely. Anyone that is listening to this show should certainly have a thorough evaluation and conversation with their treating physician and oncologist. Let's talk about a few cancer facts and figures, though. These come from the current year 2019. We want to be very intentional on this podcast to provide documented data that our listeners can reference for themselves. This information is from the American Cancer Society, Cancer Facts and Figures 2019. Allow me just to share a few bullet points. Number one, 1.7 million people uh, are diagnosed every year with cancer. In 2019, there will be over 1.7 million new cases of cancer in the U.S. Over 15.5 million people have cancer. In 2019, there will be over 600,000 cancer deaths in the U.S. And then lastly, one out of three will receive a cancer diagnosis, as we've previously quoted, potentially within their lifetime. That's according yeah. to the American Cancer Society. So that helps to frame the rest of our discussion for well, today. Well, what do you take away from that? Well, first and foremost, uh, I think that it is always good to, to have a sense of what are we actually dealing with? What are we looking yeah, at? you got to know the, the facts. Yeah, right? need to look at them. And again, the Word of God tells us that when Abraham faced his facts, the Bible says in the King James translation, he faced the fact that he, he was old, that he still held on to the promise of God, that he was going to be the progenitor of a mighty nation. So ignoring facts or denying facts is not walking by faith. I'll say it one more time. Reverend McCray, can you say that one more time? I never, I didn't think you'd ask You're me. speaking out of both sides of your mouth Yes, now. sir. <laughs> Denying or ignoring the facts is not walking by faith. We can look at the facts of our situation and our circumstances and still walk by the faith of God and still be in the faithfulness of God. And so my takeaway from that is we need to understand the enemy. We need to understand what's in the landscape. Uh, cancer is considered by many today to be the malady of our day, mm -hmm. period. And yep. so we need not to uh, avoid that discussion and that conversation. And based upon those figures, uh, 
This conversation can be related closely to any one of us at any given time as we move forward, our family, our friends, our loved ones, and church members. Yeah, and you mentioned those facts and figures from the year 2019, our current year. The truth is, every year we make more advances in cancer treatment. So conversely, let's highlight these facts. Some current approaches to this disease include the application of precision treatments and immunotherapies resulting from genomic tumor assessment. Also, cancer survivorship is increasing, which is encouraging larger conversations within the cancer community today. Yeah. When we use the word cancer, of course, that's an umbrella term for a lot of different diseases, isn't it? That is correct. It's a very general term. Uh, that represents a constellation of different diseases. Okay, all right. So then when you think about the attack of disease on a cellular level with, as we call cancer, and the different uh, mutations and the different expressions of types of unique cancer in our physical being, then we understand that cancer is a very general term that just kind of gives us a framework of understanding that there is some cellular activity that is kind of basically uh, gone out of its yes, normal structure. Uncontrolled. That's correct. And so, and, and not uh, dying off particularly as it should, which also is a term called apoptosis of what happens when uh, cells that are not functioning correctly as they should are naturally dying off in the body. And so then they migrate and they form uh, to create the possibility of tumors that uh, then can spread to other parts of the body or attach themselves to our organs. So we're talking about a very sophisticated uh, dynamic of what takes place from a disease perspective called cancer. Of course, there are many different kinds of cancers, we said. And for instance, cancers of the blood, such as leukemias, generally do not form those solid tumors. So again, yeah, every cancer uh, does not necessarily form a tumor per se. So again, this is the reason why we want to be very clear uh, when you talk to individuals and when you have conversation with individuals, they may use the term cancer, but there is some very specific and unique uh, dynamics that's associated with that particular person's cancer expression from a cellular level. And this is one of the reasons why, again, this is not any uh, medical advice that we're providing. One needs to sit down and talk with their oncologist. There needs to be a pathologist that's involved. Uh, there needs to be an yeah. evaluation and so that you can then uh, begin to drill down into the very specific, unique dynamic of the cancer that may be at work within your unique physical being. But researchers and clinicians are finding new things, uh, learning new things about cancer all the time and how to treat it. As we continue to learn how to do things better from a technological perspective, that helps with diagnosis, it helps with evaluation, and it helps with treatment. We also know that in contrast to the numbers that we read earlier from the American Cancer Society, we also have seen a decline in how many people have died from cancer because of prevention, early detection, diagnostics, and of course, the new approaches to treatment of cancer. Let's bring this to a personal level. Of course, any of us who hear the word cancer attached to our name, that's a frightening thing to hear. Well, it is. And, and you know, I don't think that uh, the fear factor, if I can say it that way, that's associated with initially hearing about having cancer uh, will, will ever change, but it does have now impact with regard to how we react. 
from hearing that. And I think that has changed within the uh, the marketplace. Today, uh, I think that people are more encouraged to talk openly about that. Of course, one of the dynamics that we encourage on this show from a faith-based organization perspective is every local church should begin to start a cancer care ministry. Pastors should begin to open. It's a great uh, idea. Yeah, have yeah. conversations and dialogue and groups so that we're not whispering in the corner mm-hmm. in the shadows as we once were 20, 30 years ago about this disease. Yeah. And of course, again, I remind our listeners that we're talking about this in general terms here today. Nothing that we say is to be construed as medical advice in any way. That is correct. I am not a medical doctor. All right. <laughs> now, there is terminology that is used. Uh, for instance, the stages of cancer. Um, is this standardized? According to the American Cancer Society, there are different types of staging systems, but the most common and useful staging system for most types of cancers is the TNM classification system. Hmm. The American Joint Committee on Cancer, or AJCC, and the International Union for Cancer Control, UICC, maintain the TNM classification system as a tool for doctors to stage different types of cancer based on certain standards. It's updated every six to eight years to include advances in our understanding of cancer. Our listeners may want to ask their attending oncologist what type of staging system is being used to stage their cancer. Yes. We often hear people say, well, I have such and such kind of cancer. It's stage three or stage two or whatever. What is meant by those stages? Well, according to the American Cancer Society of Clinical Oncology, or ASCO, states that most types of cancer have four stages, one to four. Some cancers also have a stage zero. So let's go through them a little bit. Stage zero. This stage describes cancer in situ, which means in place. Stage zero cancers are still located in the place they started and have not spread to nearby tissues. I see. This stage of cancer is often highly curable, usually by removing the entire tumor with surgery. Mm -hmm. Okay, stage one. This stage is usually a small cancer or tumor that has not grown deeply into nearby tissues. It has not spread to the lymph nodes or other parts of the body. It is often called early stage cancer. And then there's stage two and stage three. In general, these two stages indicate larger cancers or tumors that have grown more deeply into nearby tissue. They may have also spread to lymph nodes, but not to other parts of the body. And then stage four. This stage means that the cancer has spread to other organs or parts of the body. It may also be called advanced or metastatic cancer. But remember, cancer staging is done by a pathologist working in conjunction with an oncologist. That needs to be done with... uh, Clinical professionals. Clinical professionals who are basically looking at that and then providing that information and the feedback back to you. Well, again, to be as helpful as possible, we've summarized what we're talking about today in a resource called Cancer 101. It's available at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. There never is any charge or obligation when you download these resources. We just want to be as helpful as we possibly can. The point of this podcast is to provide as many helpful resources as possible to our audience. 
The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But that's not going to happen with the health, hope, and inspiration audience. (laughs) We do not want people to perish or not take the proper steps because they do not have knowledge and information. That's great. So we're providing as much uh, knowledge through these resources free of charge to every person that you can download and share with family and friends that talks about relevant uh, subject matter concerning cancer, treatment, prevention, of being strengthened, encouraged, support, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all, all types of tools to be put in your toolbox to help you work on this process. Please take full advantage of this free resource at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Uh, four words there, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and look for the resource Cancer 101, this week's featured resource here on our podcast. As we talk about this, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and then click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Our program today, The Truth About Cancer. I'm Wayne Shepherd here with our host, Reverend Percy McRae. Percy is director of faith-based programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, and you uh, have many colleagues who really understand cancer, don't you? Absolutely. Well, again, one of the things that I was thrust into uh, over 20 years ago was working in a healthcare environment. And, and what became very clear and obvious, if I can say this, is that I didn't realize how ignorant I was of certain healthcare realities and scenarios, particularly relative to cancer. Went to Bible college, knew a lot of scripture, understood a lot of theological concepts, et cetera, et cetera, but knew nothing about uh, the, the kind of the medical dynamic of what happens to us and then how that could be amalgamated and married uh, to my spiritual orientation. And so uh, I guess you could say that it has been my mission to combine those two worlds together. So that should not happen. That should not be the case. We should not be ignorant of certain things that we're touched by and that we are concerned with. Well, God has put you in a unique position and given you a unique understanding, vantage point on all of this. Well, I've had a lot of opportunity to affiliate myself with, 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 again, clinicians and professionals who have gone to school, who have labored. We've talked about this, Wayne, of, of doctors and oncologists and nutritionists who have spent a lot of time with their honing their craft and developing uh, their insight and their intellect and their acumen around the subject of sickness and disease. All I did was add my dimension of spiritual support to the conversation. And what was interesting to me is that the the Lord has has shown me that this is a tremendous world when we combine those two disciplines together mm-hmm. of clinical care and faith-based orientation. It creates a whole different perspective of things that really is helpful for so many. Let's talk about treating cancer. Yeah, well, you know, we've gone through different, you know, elements here with our outline of today's conversation. We've talked first about cancer being pervasive, and then we've talked about how it can be understood with regard to the basic dynamics of cancer, and that cancer is stageable. Right. But we really want to make sure we drive home the point that in many cases, cancer is potentially treatable. But again, I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. Potentially, cancer may be treatable and survivable. Yes. So we want to talk about the treatability of cancer. And in that, 
First and foremost, cancer is and should be approached from a medical treatment perspective. We encourage that. We endorse that school of thought. We know that there are individuals, particularly in the faith camp, who still are a little leery of medicine and science. And is it a conflict of their faith? Am I really a man or woman of faith if I seek out medical care? But cancer is and can be and should be approached from a medical treatment perspective. Now, everyone needs to educate themselves and align themselves and partner with a healthcare organization of individuals that they believe in. Because in many cases, cancer may be medically treatable. Yeah. And thank God we know survivors. So we know cancer is survivable. Hundreds, and I mean hundreds, thousands of people who have survived through a medical process as people of faith. But one of the components of the treatability of cancer with regard to good clinical care is the introduction and the idea of integrative cancer care or an integrative cancer model. Mm -hmm. And again, to be very clear, we're not talking about substituting. We are not talking about alternative. We are talking about integrating other principles that now have value that there is something to be said about a person who's mentally supported, someone who's emotionally supported, someone who is nutritionally being supported, someone who is being spiritually supported within the context of receiving medical care. When you integrate those disciplines together, where they're talking and communicating one with another, you are providing an opportunity to potentially treat that person's disease. You know, it wasn't too many years ago that the word cancer really was a death sentence, wasn't it? Yes, I'm afraid there was a time that that was true. But listen to what the National Comprehensive Cancer Network has to say about that sentiment. Okay. Significant advances have been made in cancer care, they say, so that even when cure is not possible, many cancers may be controlled and managed for long periods of time. Many physicians and practitioners consider patients being treated for some types of cancers as living with a chronic condition, much like people with diabetes or high blood pressure. Hmm. We all can be greatly encouraged by this as we attempt to support this community moving forward. We can say with confidence that cancer cannot steal our hope. Absolutely. (laughs) At the end of the day, no one can steal or take someone's hope. Hope is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. And we do not need a prescription or permission from anyone to have hope. Hope, again, by definition from a biblical perspective, is an eager and an earnest expectation. And if we expect someone to go from point A to point B, to traverse the highest mountain, to swim through the longest river, to, you know, to, to climb Mount Everest, they have to first believe that that is possible. They have to believe and have an expectation that potentially I can do this. I was just recently watching a documentary about these guys, these rock climbers out here. And and some of the places that they're climbing rocks with no rope, with no spikes. I know a young man who did El Capitan in Yosemite and hung on a tent overnight. What makes anyone think that they can do that? Well, the power of hope somehow suggested to those individuals that that was possible to be done. And because of that belief, then they went out and attempted to do it. And so today I would suggest to you, uh, just as the point was made, that cancer cannot override anyone's hope. 
of giving them the belief that it is possible to be done. The Bible says that all things are possible, possible to them that believe. And all we want, and I believe that all that any cancer patient wants, is to have a, a hope of possibility. Yes, absolutely. To say loud and clear today that anything we've spoken is not to be construed as medical or clinical advice in any way. That is correct. At the end of the day, we are not doctors or medical professionals. That is correct. But having said that, you can fight cancer. How do we go about that? Talk about fighting cancer. I use myself as an analogy all the time. Uh, I think sometimes it, people get a little irritated at my personal story, but it is my personal testimony and my victory. I want to hear it again. I grew up on the far south side of Chicago, tough inner city environment that at the end of the day, I had to fight my way home and back from school most days. And I had to learn how to confront the bully that was always standing in my way saying, give me your lunch money, et cetera, et cetera. And when I realized that I had the right, the reason, and the resource to fight back, it made me a fighter. Not for the sake of engaging in physical contact, but for the sake of saying that I have a right to be here. And if there is something that is pushing up against that right, I have something to say about that. There is something to be said about being a cancer fighter. I've actually had individuals argue with me. We don't like to use the word Reverend McCray fighter when we talk about cancer. And, and I would argue with you, if someone's going to survive, by and large, a diagnosis and a bout of cancer, somebody in their corner is going to have to help yeah. them develop the a fighting. they got to come off, don't they? they? They've, got to, <laughs> they've got to develop a fighting spirit that I have a right, I have a reason and I have a resource to be here, and I'm going to fight for that. And so that being said, absolutely, um, we can and we should fight and push back against the negative effects of cancer. Now, let me be clear. The end of the story is, is not if you necessarily beat your opponent per se. It's the fact that you put up resistance. And there's something to be said about being a fighter in that context. And, of course, we believe in integrative cancer treatment. Well, as we've mentioned before, integrative cancer treatment is simply the ability to combine conventional medical care with other evidence-influenced approaches like nutritional, mental, emotional, and spiritual support mm -hmm. that may help individuals work through and navigate the potentially unfavorable side effects of cancer treatment. In many cases, cancer treatment can be very difficult. Yeah. So there are days that people clock out mentally. There are days that people shut down emotionally. Uh, there are times that people are not sure what they should be doing nutritionally. There are times that people are trying to figure out where is God in the midst of their challenges. If we take away those supportive services and only apply a clinical approach to cancer, we may not be helping that person as well as we could. Yeah. But when you put nutritional, mental, emotional, and spiritual support back on the table, when you provide these support services in the midst of their side effects, trials, and tribulations, you now have basically created a cancer fighter. Mm -hmm. Well, we want faith and hope to be a part of the battle against your cancer, and that's what we talk about here on the program. It's part of that integrative uh, formula, isn't it's it? It's part of the integrative formula, but more importantly, it's part of the human spirit. That's right. Within every individual, whether they are conscious or cognizant of it, whether they acknowledge it or not, there is something that connects the human spirit to the idea of faith, to the concept of hope, and to the principles of a higher power. Mm -hmm. Of course, on this podcast, we're talking primarily to a faith-based audience, to people who are Christians, 
people who have embraced Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. But there may be someone that's listening that may not be a Christian. But on some level, they have tapped into some sort of spiritual orientation. I have found whatever one's specific spiritual leanings may be, that this sense of spiritual reality in many cases empowers them to be hopeful. Mm -hmm. People of faith actually have a different mental and emotional outlook in the midst of negative circumstances. That's the power of hope and the power of faith. Faith and hope are important. And for those who desire it, we need to provide spiritual support while they are in the midst of their medical care. We have taken a summary of what we've talked about today and put it in written form. It's called Cancer 101. You can download it, look at it, read it, download it right there at our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. And we also believe, and we touched on this earlier just briefly, that churches can be engaged in this battle for cancer and helping victims of cancer as well. So if you are a pastor or a church leader, we want to invite you to join our growing family of ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and sign up for the Ministry Leaders Network. Let's go back to that passage in Hebrews. I've been thinking about that as we've been talking today. Well, as we close, and again, having just a very basic conversation, cancer one-on-one, not medical advice in any way, but encouraging people to understand the basic nuances of the conversation. We want to close with Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God is bigger than cancer. Our hope can far excel beyond the effects of cancer. No matter what happens, God is faithful to us in this life and in the next life to come. And the tighter we hold on to our hope, the more prepared we will be to fight against cancer or any other negative circumstance that we confront at the end of the day. If you remember nothing else about this conversation today, remember Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Look it up, read it, meditate on it. Put it to work in your life. Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. God bless you, Percy. Bless you, my friend. Listen, we got to keep chopping some wood. We've got work to do. Let's do it together. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with past pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.